Welcome to the Weatherman Podcast. This is your host, Chad Stecker, and I am the Weatherman. I'm just a humbled man pleading to a broken world, y'all. I always have a lot to say. (laughs) You know that by now. But hopefully today is exactly what you need to hear. We're going to continue today our journey within the conversation I had with my close friend, Ryan Gruwell. Last week, we discussed and laid out our reasoning to the question, why are evangelicals confused and leaving the faith in record numbers? Today, we're going to pick up in that very conversation where Ryan and I discuss the difference between losing your faith and allowing God to deconstruct your faith so that it can be reconstructed to what it was always intended to be. So enjoy part two of this three-part series. Your perspective growing up came from the prosperity gospel point of view. I just want to throw this out there that I actually was an Assembly of God pastor. I go to a Word of Faith church now. I don't understand it all. I don't necessarily agree with it all. I have pastors that love me regardless, but I probably lean towards, I I hope to say I lean towards a healthy side of what is trying to be portrayed where Ryan, you probably lead more towards a conservative conservative side now, but yet we're probably closer to the middle than, than most realize. I always like to say I was the redheaded stepchild in the AG because there was just some things I just couldn't, I, I just, I just couldn't align myself with. And with the prosperity gospel, I hate the health, wealth and happiness preaching. So I'm not saying that that's me, but I do believe, I've seen healing. I've seen all that. And I know Ryan believes in all that as well, but I I want you to kind of lead into this perspective. And I I wanted to just kind of give a prerequisite because there might come a time where he and I are like, Oh, I don't see it that way. And I want you prepared for that because it'll be an interesting conversation if that happens. Oh, and I love that. And that's, that's the beauty. Like you're talking about your, your pastor friend and you guys uh, have disagreements, but when it's, um, but it can be healthy and it can be challenging and it can be good. And I, I think that we just want to, uh, we're too nice, uh, in, in this day and age that we don't want to like ask those tough questions because we're afraid of confrontation. Right. We're, you know, the, the gospel is the gospel and, and let's, uh, have a healthy conversation and, um, we should, cause we're excited about it. And so, yeah, we want just, iron anyways, sharpening iron. Um, but we, we want to remove the heat and the friction. It's like iron can't sharpen iron without heat and friction. We want to remove the friction and the heat, but we want to say we're getting sharper in the Lord. And you can't have it. I've heard your testimony. I love your testimony concerning this area, concerning your Christian faith and where you, how you've gotten to where you're, where you're at now. I just want to open that door right now for you to just give that testimony and for us to then ultimately talk about the difference between the loss of faith and the theological deconstruction of one's faith. And we'll explain that after we get through it and when we get there, but there is a loss of faith versus the deconstruction of one's faith. First of all, I'm extremely grateful that God was presented to me at a very young age. I grew up in a non-denominational charismatic church uh, from and even a private school that I went to, you know, childhood all the way to when I was, you know, 18 years old. And I I definitely believed in God and and would say at times even had a relationship with him. But from what I remember, uh, youth groups, church camps, friends that share that understanding and having good morals 
was, was a big part of my culture growing up. And to be honest, there wasn't much outside of that up until the time uh, when I went off to college. And I, I feel like the understanding and knowledge that I gained about who God is came through the filter of my surroundings. Um, it wasn't me, you know, diving in myself. It was, you know, what was being told to me through teachers, family, friends, and, and I'm not pointing fingers at any of them. I, I love them all dearly, but it, I, I'm saying that that was on me. You know, I needed to come after God on my own. I remember behavior modification and performance seemed to be a, a big focus growing up. And um, from what I remember, uh, long emotional worship sets, that that was a, a big thing. Praying in tongues, prophecy, uh, a focus on the power we have as individuals through Christ. And we don't need to get into praying in tongues or prophecy or anything like that. That's not the point of this. But my point is that those seem to be some of the main points of emphasis growing up uh, as far as what was being preached and, and taught. So fast forward to age 25. Uh, up until that point, I would say life treated me pretty darn good. I had uh, the joy of playing college basketball. Uh, I got married right out of college, got a great job, started a successful business. I had a white picket fence. Okay, maybe I didn't have a white picket fence, but everything seemed going pretty good. In my mind, as humbling as it is to admit to this, I was pretty full of myself. Um, all of my accomplishments must have been the result of me checking those boxes and, and being a quote unquote Christian. Um, then suddenly life got hard uh, around 25 or 26 out of nowhere. I begin to experience these excruciating chronic migraine headaches. It wasn't something that would come and go. I mean, it was just all day, every day, every night. And this went on for about a year. And, um, and it was during this time I began to look for answers. Uh, the doctors didn't really have any ideas to what was going on. And so I began to revert back to what I thought was the proper understanding of God in the midst of this. Um, so I began to pray and pray and pray that this would go away. Looking back, I, I was in it for selfish reasons. I, I really didn't have any desire to know God, but came to him because this is what I wanted, remove this pain, and then I'll be on my way. You know, we talk about scriptures out of context. I, I remember quoting the scripture, by his stripes, we are healed over and over again as if it became this mantra and my my thought process i just got to keep saying this and, and and it's my faith that's why i'm not healed and uh and my thought process was why me this isn't supposed to happen to me so perhaps there's something wrong with my faith and the focus was completely on me and up until that point i really did not have any understanding of pain and suffering and how that made sense from a biblical perspective Eventually, the headaches did go away, and I, I really felt no need to come to God after that. Um, two small kids later, and, and now let's fast forward to age 33, and this is when I began to deal with anxiety and depression in a big way. I, I had never dealt with that before, any kind of mental, mental instability. I, I just always, it's just out of nowhere, and uh, my marriage was falling apart. And for the first time in probably eight years, I, I picked up my Bible 
apart from going to a few church services and group Bible studies to make me feel good about myself. I, I, it was the first time in a long time. And I just began to immerse myself in scripture. And at first, I'll be completely honest, I, I kind of reverted back to how I was at the age of 25 with the headache pain. And I was just coming to God because, hey, I, I need something from you. So that's where it started. But then it began to evolve. And I, I began to um, memorize scripture. I mean, I just, I just immersed myself in it. I wasn't sleeping at the time. And so I remember nights where I literally did not sleep one minute and I spent the entire night praying, listening to sermons. Uh, Matt Chandler, he's my boy. I, I listened to Chandler a ton and I just trying to navigate this pain and suffering. And as I was coming to God more and more, things continued to get worse. I was on the brink of a divorce the name it, claim it mantra just wasn't working. In fact, it was getting so bad that my thoughts were uh, in some of the darkest places imaginable. And I was really angry with God. Uh, but, but like I said, slowly uh, through these months, uh, my perspective and understanding of who God is did a, a 180. And I began to understand Christianity as me seeking God for God. And I feel like up until that point, I was under the impression that I was supposed to seek God for me. And so I began to understand that just That's because Christian doesn't mean I'm immune to any kind of suffering or pain. And the word of faith, prosperity gospel officially crumbled before my very eyes during this time. It, it wasn't because I intellectually figured this out or because I wanted to win some theological debate with anybody. I mean, this was a true life experience. This is this was what I went through. And my marriage did eventually dissolve in 2016. Uh, when I say my life did a 180, it, it did in just about every facet of life, not just spiritually, but my life was, wasn't being remodeled during this time. It's almost as though the entire house had to be knocked down and destroyed and a, a remodel wouldn't be able to salvage it. It was beautiful in, in, in so many ways that by the grace of God, a new house was built and this time, a much firmer foundation. And I'm far from perfect now, and I'm, I'm learning every day as I go. And, but I, I can see two different Ryans. I can see the one that had this inherited faith that was just kind of going through the motion that I walked away from. Or, you know, I, I still, I'll be honest. I mean, there's the Matthew 7, 21, 22 was on my mind for years where, where he's like, at the door of heaven. And he's like, God, did I not cast out demons, prophesy mm -hmm. in your name, do all these religious things, check all these boxes. And he's like, get away from me. I didn't even know you. And that's just frightening to me. And I feel like, was I, was I saved to begin with? I don't know if I was, but now there's, there's no doubt that it, it, the, the new Ryan, it's so much more authentic, so much more real to me now. Right. And, um, but, but it was, my story is kind of like C.S. Lewis says that God, uh, whispers in the good times and screams in the, the hard times. Mm -hmm. It was definitely screaming at me. Uh, and, and, and that's why when I hear pain and suffering, I don't, that's the beauty of being in the body of Christ. That's the beauty of it because it's, it's like, I look at it as like God, like turning these things to good and, and, and what God can do through our pain and suffering. 
yeah, that's, that's my story. I, yeah, <clears throat> that's good. And, and I think it just goes back to the fact that um, you made a comment of, you know, we've, we've got all the information ever out here. Someone asked me, well, we know, they said, don't you think we know so much more than they knew back then? I like, no, not at all. There's a difference between having knowledge and having information at your fingertips. The way I know you and I've known you in the way that many, many of us have known you, I know there's going to be some of our high school friends listening to this podcast. And uh, Ryan was the, we don't want to say goody two shoes, but he was the one that did everything right. And his heart was right. He wasn't trying to be something he wasn't. It wasn't like Ryan was one way at Christian school and he was another way when we were up. That's not true. He was always true to himself. He was always, you were always, you know, you, but you, you, it was like, man, you're pretty good, but you ain't no Ryan kind of a thing, you know, it, and, and to watch you grow through the last, you know, it's kind of funny. They'll probably laugh at me saying this, but watching you grow and grow up through the years, um, in Christ and just grow up in general and to, and see where you're at now is just, it's phenomenal. I love the things that you're doing for your daughters. I love how you've handled the situations you've walked through. You have allowed me to be a part of this journey throughout the years. So although we weren't talking every day, been a part of mine and I've been a part of yours and to see you grow in those areas to where you're now quoting scripture because you believe it, you understand it, and you've implemented it into your life, not just because you learned it and memorized it in eighth grade and Bible class. Let's, let's dive into this, this issue, Ryan, of the losing of faith and the deconstruction of one's faith. And it really came about with us talking with friends that we grew up with, right? And different people we grew up with and they're like, I don't believe anymore. I don't know what to believe anymore. This issue of losing something versus allowing God to deconstruct to lose something is to fail to win or to misplace or to free oneself from something or someone. So to lose a faith is to have a mentality that you're freeing yourself from Christianity, freeing yourself from that doctrine. And the deconstruction means this. It is a phrase and concept created by this philosopher, Jacques Derrida, and he defined it this way. It is an approach to understanding the relationship between text and meaning. So in context of Christianity, deconstruction is a process that helps us get to a place of understanding the relationship between the text, what is written. And we know that the Bible says Jesus is not only our Savior and our Lord, but he's literally the Word, the Word of God. So understanding Jesus and our meaning within it, who we are within Christ, who we are within the Scriptures. That process of deconstruction that you went through, of God really building up your faith again, Tell me kind of the feelings that you had or the, a couple of the stages that you went through. Did you, did you get angry at your past at one point or get angry that you were in a private Christian school or did you, did you grieve the losses that you had in a different way or what, what was the kind of process that God took you on within that deconstruction? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say that I was, I was never angry at the messengers. I really wasn't there were things that were being taught to me that were, as I, as I see it now, it, it's like, this isn't the gospel. This isn't what it's saying here that, you know, and so I was never angry with the messenger. In fact, and, and this shows where like maybe God's works on the heart, you know, the, and, and uh, I, I feel like, again, 
It's not to win some theological debate. I was more angry with the message itself, if that makes sense, if that makes sense. And so not the messenger, but the message itself. And it came from a heart of like, my heart breaks. I'm sad that, that whoever this messenger is, is, is explaining this, but it doesn't line up from a biblical perspective. And I think you and I, Chad, share the, the sentiment a little bit, you know, like Paul was an apostle to the, the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like both you and I share the same sentiment that, and I don't want to speak for you too much. I, I know hundred percent for myself. I feel like this calling, I feel like this passion within of like helping those, the church grew up in the church and that discipleship. And, and, and as opposed to, you know, some people want to reach the homeless guy off the street that's never heard about Jesus and, and not saying that like that shouldn't, stir me as well. But I, I think that I, I lean more towards those that, I, that grew up in the church. You went through much. You went through a divorce. You went through pain within that. You've, you've, you've had to deal with seeing your, your belief system almost get shattered. What's the difference between you and those that we know that lost their faith completely, like gave it up? freed themselves from what they thought was a hindrance, which was their faith in Christ and, and being a Christian, and you allowing him to deconstruct the false teachings or the, the areas of falsehood within you concerning that. We talk about false teachings all the time, but we implemented false ideas and descriptions of things and interpretations on ourselves, and it's no one to blame but ourselves. So what was the difference between you and other people that have completely just throwing their faith away and you allowing God to deconstruct it and build it back up? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. I would challenge those that have given up. And sometimes you get the people that are more vocal about it and they're just like on Facebook, I don't believe in God, I'm an atheist or whatever. But I think more often than not, you have the people that, that that, that were like me where I didn't vocalize it because I, I still wanted to, you know, look good amongst family and friends. And, and I, I believed, but it, it wasn't something that I just, there, there wasn't any kind of passion. There wasn't any kind of like any drive or anything like that. So I think a lot of people kind of fall in that just like hidden, hidden atheism. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm putting words in your mouth now, but you were never an atheist. You believed God was there. You just didn't know what to believe about God. You questioned everything about God and your place within it. Yeah. And I, I think, so I think the, the difference where some people just give up, they throw it out the door is because I think being introspective is so important and so, so huge. And that was a huge part of my story and coming to know Christ is, is, is being introspective and, and understanding who I am, understanding proper view of just how sinful I was against a holy God. Before it was just, you just kind of brush it off and I, I don't want to really fix me. I'm, I'm fine. You know, I've, but when it, when the suffering, when the pain hit, I think being introspective. And as I was introspective, I began to ask questions and I began to seek things on my own and I begin to dive into the word and I begin to find those answers. And, and then it, then at that point it became a, it became a drug. It became, I became addicted to it. And I think that's the, maybe, you know, I'm just conjecture and just throwing that out there. 
I think a lot of people, maybe they just haven't been introspective and they haven't truly dissected and, and brought up those hard questions. They haven't asked themselves those hard questions. They haven't wrestled with it. They've been indifferent. They, and then so they just kind of put it on the shelf. I don't know if that answers your no, million. It does. It, it, it comes to a place where I know with my, me and my life right now, I'm in that process of deconstruction right now. It began in January of 2018 after my accident. You know, you almost lose your life. You kind of, I've almost lost my life so many times. So I guess it should have started a lot earlier than that. But when, when I had that accident in, um, in January of 2018, for those of you that know, don't know, we had, I had an accidental fire and a bullet go through my hand um, and split the artery in half and a bunch of other things as well. It was pretty intense. And at that point, I began looking at things when I go to a church service, all they wanted to do was pray over my finger growing out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally dying inside right now. I'm emotionally out of whack. I am depressed and trying to figure it out. I'm embarrassed. I'm trying to preach every Sunday and still lead a congregation when everybody's talking about me. I'm trying to do it with joy and my way of dealing with stuff is I joke. So I would joke about my hand every service and make them laugh so that, you know, but how dare anybody ever say anything about my hand? I'd pick up these offenses of them go, oh, you shot your finger off. No, I literally blew my hand off. I lost a finger. You know, I'm wanting to explain all this stuff. And God just started really deconstructing me and my faith. And I'd always had a lot of these questions. And I know you were the same way. You always had these questions. You just didn't know where to ask it or how to ask it or what to do with it. This is just what we believed. I got to a place where I just stopped caring. If I didn't agree with it, I'm like, I'm going to look it up in the Bible myself. Or I'm going to say, before I even know I don't agree with it or why, I'm going to still say I don't agree with it. I might not know why yet, but I'm not going to just be a limbing anymore and just walk with it. And so my deconstruction process started then, and it's been it's picked up majorly in the last six months where I've spent more time alone than I ever have in my entire life. I mean, half of my life, the evangelicals would be applauding and the other half, they'd be telling me I'm going to hell and just flip whatever thing I want to mention, right? If you, we mentioned drinking, half are saying going to hell, half are saying, good, you're free from legalism, right? But then we could talk about speaking in tongues. And I have major questions about that. And I speak in tongues. And I have major questions about certain things. And so I'm done just pretending or just keeping it to myself. I have questions because if it's, if it's what I believe is not right, then I want to know. Yeah. Same thing with prophecy. I, I've seen healing. But the healing I always wanted was not a freaking finger on my hand. It was, it was literally my whole emotional instability being set free in Christ's name. The reason the prosperity gospel and, and all these, the evangelicals pray for my finger because there's something tangible there. It's a visual. They can prove that they healed me. But me being healed from within, they may never see and it's, it's hard to discuss and it can be denied. And so in this deconstruction, I'm starting to see God in, in, in such a different light. And I was talking to some guys that we do a discipleship thing on Tuesday nights that um, one of my mentors and I do together. I told him one of the things that God has taught me in this deconstruction, and you can validate this or not, is within how we grew up, it was all about learning to hear his voice. 
It was all about God's voice. And I'm cool with God's voice. I, I've heard God's voice. I've heard a still whisper in my soul. However, you know, not always like hearing it with my, my ears, but it was always this emphasis on got to hear God's voice on this. You got to hear God's voice on this. If you didn't hear God's voice, go back. And we had to have fleshly examples or natural examples of what was really going on. God gave me an example that you know a relationship is great when there's no longer an awkward silence. You remember going out on a first date, not you and I, but with your significant other? Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, I had to clarify that one. Um, And you're constantly, I remember with Tanya, I was constantly trying to find something to say because the silence is awkward. You don't know each other well enough to be quiet. And I'm a nervous speaker anyways, I speak nonstop. But I knew Tanya and I had gotten to a place that was beyond just a friendship and beyond, beyond what I ever expected in a relationship when the silence was no longer awkward, where we could sit there and read a book at the same time. And it was just peaceful. Or I, I give the example, I, I'll lay down, we'll lay down in bed after we put the kids to bed and she might read a little bit and I just lay there and I cuddle with her and it's just quiet. And that's what God is teaching me. I don't always have to have his voice confirm him. His presence and who he is is most important to me. Not something he portrays, not something he gives, not something he says, not something he even does. Because what, they did, what he did on the cross was enough even for now. I'm not seeking his voice. If he loves me enough to give me his voice when I'm praying, I'm, I'm cool with it. But I want his presence. Everything with what we've dealt with with the prosperity gospel, it's all about presence, gifts, and not his presence, the ultimate gift. And I think that's what God has been deconstructing in me and why so many people in the evangelical culture, the charismatic culture, have just walked away from the faith completely. Because to them, they were either lied to or it was a false teaching or this. The gifts don't look like fun gifts to them. (laughs) And the ultimate gift was his actual presence, which is absolutely amazing. Your, Your finger was healed. It, it was healed in a, in a much different way than anybody could have imagined. Right. Like, would, you rather have, would you rather have your finger back or would you rather have all the life experience and the things that God has shown you through that whole situation over the last, what has it been, two, two years? years? No, I wouldn't go back and change a single thing. Everything that I have done and everything that I've gone through has led me to this point of significance like never before. And not significance to earth like I'm something to offer, but significance to God because he loves me that much. You're writing down something. You're thinking. So I just want to say one, one thing to that. Um, and uh, kind of a blanket statement. And I, because I, I want to come into this too that I hope that we can have another convert. Well, we'll have plenty of conversations, but let's say three years from now, five years from now, we're doing the same thing and, and we're conversing about spiritual things. I'm excited to be able to say, look how much more God has reconstructed me and that whole process of which sanctification. Mm. And so it's, it's never, I love the verse with he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion at the day of Christ. So this whole thing isn't completed right now. We haven't yeah, figured it out. We haven't, we haven't plateaued. Yeah. And you know, here's my story. And then, oh, bam, like I'm nailing it now. Like I, I'm at the top. No, I mean, we're 
at the day of Christ when he returns. And that's how I want my, my relationship uh, with God to be like, and not because I'm earning, trying to earn my way to get anything from him, but because of my love, that is a byproduct of what I want to strive for. So I think that, that we can talk all day about our testimony, our story, but I, I think that I want to be careful to say that this, it's not done. The book still continues. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you're enjoying these sessions with Ryan Gruwell as much as he and I have enjoyed having these very discussions. Part three is on its way next week as we finish off this conversation we've had. So with that said, remember, in a world of groupthink, you can watch me, mock me, block me, or join me, but you can't silence me. Until next time, stay weathered, my friends. (laughs) 